Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick, who are dedicated to helping manufacturers and distributors to enhance their competitive position and succeed in high-pressure trade environments. Visit them online at coneresnick.com. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business. On this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, I'm going to be speaking with Ted Fisher. Ted is the Director of Business Development at Advanced CT. Now, Advanced CT is a private, non-profit economic development corporation that drives job creation and new capital investment in Connecticut. On this podcast, we're going to find out a little bit more about Ted's role, his work, and particularly how it sits, I guess, within the field of manufacturing. Ted, welcome to Meet the Manufacturers. Claire, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to support Manufacturer CT. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, let's see if you feel that way at the end of the podcast. We will see. (laughs) So to kick it off, Ted, let's find out a little bit more about yourself. How did you get to this role in your career? Where have you been and what have you seen in your career to date? Yeah, so I've spent uh, the last 25 plus years in the manufacturing space. I've worked for a number of German and Swiss manufacturers, primarily in the advanced manufacturing in the factory automation area. So I've provided solutions or automated solutions to many different industries, including aerospace, power generation, automotive, and a number of sort of the key industries. And most recently, I was the chief operating officer of a Swiss company. We manufactured electrical solutions for the power generation industry, where I was responsible for five manufacturing plants. And after finishing the work there, I had an opportunity to join Advanced CT as Director of Business Development for the advanced manufacturing sector. And this is a a nice opportunity for me to use my knowledge to help other companies and manufacturers, and also a chance for me to maybe give back a little bit to the state of Connecticut, where I've been born and raised and spent my entire career and want to support the state as a whole. Oh, that's fantastic. So what does it look like on the day-to-day, if I guess, Ted? You know, what do you do to support manufacturing here in Connecticut? So Advanced CT, we have sort of two main focuses. We have what we call our BRE focus, which is business retention and expansion. And we work with companies, existing companies in the state to understand their needs for workforce development, which is obviously a big topic these days. For if they're expanding their business, do they need uh, additional space and facilities? We have a site selector opportunity, as well as I like to talk to manufacturers and understand what their challenges are and and offer them uh, sort of a concierge service for other organizations that might be able to support their needs for learning about uh, digital transformation and applying new technologies in Industry 4.0, learning about perhaps networking with other companies to help build their business. So we offer a number of solutions for companies in Connecticut. And then we have our business development initiative, which I'm primarily focused on, and that is recruiting companies to Connecticut. And Connecticut offers 
companies out of different states, some benefits based upon our ecosystem, as well as a number of international companies get to a certain size and they want to, you know, enter into the U.S. market. So primarily two things, business retention and expansion and business development. Start with business development, because I have to be honest, we don't just throw these podcasts together. There is a bit of homework done, I'll have you know. And you've got a fabulous website and you've got some excellent facts that I wasn't even aware of here in Connecticut. And I want to run through some of those because Connecticut is a fabulous place to be doing business. You know, when you're speaking to companies who are considering relocating to Connecticut, what are some of the top facts and figures, I guess, and and real selling points of Connecticut and manufacturing in our state? Yeah, so some of the key attributes of Connecticut are that we have a, a really, really robust advanced manufacturing ecosystem. So if you're interested to make precision parts, and and obviously a lot of that is driven from our OEMs, which are aerospace and defense companies, but if you wanna make precision parts that require a very skilled labor workforce, Connecticut is a great place to consider for, for those initiatives. We are a high value, low volume manufacturing state. We have processes and procedures that our companies follow that are are demanded from the aerospace industry that make us an ecosystem of very, very high quality and precision manufacturing, not only from a parts standpoint, but also from a process standpoint. Some other attributes about Connecticut is for people who live here, it's an incredible place to live. We're halfway between New York and Boston. We have a waterfront uh, coastline. We have uh, ability to get to the mountains of Vermont and New Hampshire and, and Northern Connecticut and Massachusetts. And so it really offers a nice diverse lifestyle as well. And we've got incredible healthcare systems and uh, childcare systems. Our education system is some of the best in the country. So it really is a very enticing and inviting place to live and work and play. You're not wrong. I mean, I've read that Connecticut is number two in the nation for healthcare, which is remarkable and also number two in the country for public school systems. So there are lots of reasons to do business in Connecticut, but we're quite a small state. What would you say are some of the drawbacks of doing business here in Connecticut? What's holding us back from world domination, Ted, in your opinion? Well, um, on the world domination front, we are geographically limited by our size. So if you're a large automotive manufacturer looking for a, a plant that's uh, you know a million square feet to do high volume of manufacturing, we just don't have the location to do that. We are limited in our size just of available you know geographic locations. So many of our manufacturers, again, are not super high volume manufacturers. They're low volume, high value manufacturers. So most of the conversations we have that are limiting would be space related. Excellent. Now, what does your day to day look like? What do you do on your average nine to five? And is there such a thing as an average day for (laughs) Ted Fisher? Yeah, so that's kind of a funny question because what I really enjoy about this role is every day is a little bit different and I'll give you some examples. I was on the phone this morning on a a video call with a company in Italy learning about their business and they may find Connecticut as an enticing place for their first entree into the U.S. market. I've been involved in calls from people in Germany recently, Switzerland, other states, including New York and Virginia and Ohio. There's some California conversations going on. So it's hard to say what my average day is. It really is very diverse. 
And I also make an effort to visit our manufacturers. I like to visit people and walk their, their facilities. And I've been doing that over the last several months to, to meet with Connecticut manufacturers and listen to what they have to say and see their processes to not only get to know the people who run the business, but also get to know the outputs and the inputs of their business. And so if they're looking for solutions and, and uh, looking for customers, I can be more educated on what they do and how they do it. So kind of a fun role. It's, uh, it's very active, it's very dynamic, and uh, frankly, I enjoy it immensely. And it sounds like you're enthusiastic about obviously the, the industry. And you get to get out of the office, I suppose, on these little uh, busman holidays that you have. What are some of the um, the difficulties, I guess, that our manufacturers are having in the state? You know, what, what problems or challenges are you assisting them in overcoming? Well, the biggest challenge we have today is filling the jobs. You know, we're, we're in an interesting situation. We have about 4,400 manufacturers in the state of Connecticut. And if you look at the total employment, it's about 160,000 people. And there's somewhere between 12 and 15,000 job openings. And so wow. many times many times we look at, you know, trying to create jobs. What we really have a challenge with right now is filling jobs. And some of the solutions that we're looking at is to try and get some younger people excited and to learn about manufacturing, to realize that it really is a wonderful career path that advanced manufacturing, specifically in Connecticut, is, is very high tech. It's, uh, it's very digitally transformed. There are robotic solutions and 3D printing solutions and a number of advanced technologies that most young people would find quite interesting. It kind of translates nicely from kids who play video games to designing aircraft parts. It's all digitally transformed. And so we're really trying to, you know, campaign out there to get people excited about manufacturing and realize that it's a great career path and that it's, the career path is, is a buildable path, meaning you can start with a company at a certain level and, and increase your education, increase your training, increasing your responsibilities in the company and move up the ladder quite nicely and having, you know, quite a nice career path. So the biggest challenge we have today is filling jobs. It's interesting you should say that. A few weeks ago, I was interviewing a couple of the guys from the Young Manufacturing Professionals Group, which is obviously a part of Manufacture CT. And it was fascinating talking to them, you know, about their passion for manufacturing and being on the, the younger end of the spectrum, shall we say, and breaking down a number of the stigmas around manufacturing, particularly here in Connecticut. Are there any trade schools or educational paths that you, you get involved with in order to kind of cultivate homegrown talent, I guess. Yeah, I'm very active with a number of initiatives in that area. So we have an incredible community college network in Connecticut, and I've toured a number of the different facilities. I'll talk specifically about a Snuntuck in, in Enfield that has a, an advanced manufacturing laboratory and, and education component to it that is just, not to oversell it, but it's a mind-blowing experience to go through there. And so the community colleges are beautiful facilities, all with great programs. And we really need to encourage young people to take advantage of those programs. You know, higher education facilities and institutions like Yale University, for example, has a tremendous new emphasis on their advanced manufacturing and engineering sector. And so there's all kinds of opportunities in Connecticut, again, a small state in a concentrated area 
Many of our colleges, universities, and, and community colleges have incredible programs for people to take advantage of. And these programs aren't not necessarily, you know, four-year degrees or two-year degrees. There's some wonderful certificate programs to get started that are, you know, 12-week programs where someone can learn how to run a machine tool, and then there's people lining up to hire them. So there's a lot of different programs, and um, if people are interested, you know, Advanced CT can point them in the right direction about where to look for these opportunities. That would be amazing. Thank you. Question for yourself. Did you always plan on working in manufacturing? What was the thinking behind it? Have you a family of manufacturers behind you? What, what so, first turned yeah, your that's head? An, <laughs> that's an interesting question as well. I come from a classic German engineering family. My great-grandfather was in manufacturing, my grandfather in manufacturing, my father, and I'm following in, in their footsteps. My family was originally in the laboratory equipment business and uh, my grandfather was an inventor and, and built a lot of the laboratory instruments that uh, are used by Pfizer and, and a number of you know, pharmaceutical and research facilities. So my family's been in the manufacturing business for many generations. There was no escape for you, Ted, was there? It was written in the stars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, uh, <laughs> my undergrad degree was actually in business, and I was sort of tempted to get into the marketing and economics world, and uh, I found myself working for a machinery company in the plastics industry when I started out, and then I went back and got an engineering degree. So that's kind of in my blood, actually. Yeah, there's no escaping it. There's no escaping it. And I've had the great pleasure of interviewing so many businesses here in Connecticut who are multi-multi-generational companies. And I love that. I absolutely love some of the longevity of the companies that we have right here in Connecticut. What's interesting for me is to visit some of those companies and realize that the three generations are, many of them are still working. The grandfather who may have started the company, who's uh, even past retirement age, still participates in the business. And I agree with your comment. Once you have it in your blood and soul, I, I think it's hard not to want to go and make stuff every day. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is at the end of the day, what did you do today at work? Well, actually, I created this. There's something really powerful about that. You know, you can push papers around, you can be, you know, a variety of different roles, but the actual physical making of something is quite special and fulfilling, certainly for our, our manufacturers that I've spoken to. So making things is interesting and, and rewarding, but it's also kind of fun to concept and invent new products. And, and as people are looking for improvements and looking for new solutions, it drives people to be innovative. And, you know, one thing about Connecticut that I hear all the time is we have a, a very innovative workforce. So not only are we making parts that we've made, you know, for years and years for our customers, but we're also innovating new solutions for our customers. And, and that's also a very enticing component and an attribute to the state of Connecticut is we're a very innovative thinking community. Absolutely. There's been a few companies that I've spoken to where they basically say, come to us with your problem. We are solutions people. You know, we will find a solution for your problem. And I love that kind of backwards way of manufacturing, if you like, you know, rather than we're going to make something that you need, it's actually working it the other way around. And it's so fulfilling. And I've had the pleasure of speaking to a number of, of younger manufacturers who have got such fire in their belly to find those solutions moving forward, which is just so exciting. What advice would you have for somebody who maybe is looking to explore a career in manufacturing, you know, or maybe are returning to the workforce or looking to retrain 
here we are in this kind of post-COVID time. What would you recommend? What tidbits of advice would you give them? Yeah, again, first advice would be to look at it with a clean sheet of paper, with no sort of pre-thoughts about whether it's something you're interested in or not. Today, manufacturing is so different than it was even 10, 15 years ago, where it's being driven by technology. And today, you know, technology is such a part of all of our lives, our smartphones, our computer systems. You know, a podcast, for example, is, is something that didn't exist years ago. And so the world continues to change and manufacturing technologies and processes are, are changing as well and changing at a very, very rapid pace. So I'll give you an example of a cool solution we're working on. I won't name the company. It's somebody we're starting to work with, but company invented a, uh, a gaming platform for young people to uh, explore and play a game on their smartphone. And I was amazed to find out that 97% of 12 year olds have a smartphone or at least access to a smartphone. Wow. And so, so technology is everywhere. We're bombarded with technology. And so this video game teaches people about manufacturing. And as you play the game, it connects you to learn more about manufacturing and learn more about process technologies and learn more about education programs that you can get involved in. And so to answer your question, I would look very objectively at you know, manufacturing as a primary career because it's so technology driven. And frankly, it has a uh, what we call the cool factor to it. And so we're trying to stimulate young minds to, to look at robotics, for example, which robotic technology is everywhere. And, and you're going to see robots uh, in industries where we've never seen them before. And so the skills of being able to play a video game translate very nicely to the skills that are needed for manufacturing. So there's just a lot of interesting technology that can be uh, learned from and applied in manufacturing. And these young people, they live in an age where they're so technology driven that the skills translate very nicely to manufacturing. It's that technology meeting creativity that seems to create such magical things, certainly here in the state of Connecticut. Again, there's technology everywhere. And uh, even if you look at, you know, artists and musicians and different uh, creative minds, they're all using technology to draw things and create music and create part design. And, and it all is kind of a coming together of digital skills. And uh, it's a very interesting time for us. No, very much so. You just mentioned some of my hobbies there. So uh, I think maybe I should have been a manufacturer instead of a broadcaster. <laughs> I don't think the robots have yet taken over from me. Well, actually, maybe they have. Who knows? So let's talk a little bit about this little thing called coronavirus. So we obviously ha are in the middle of a global pandemic. It's had huge impacts on all sorts of things. Uh, how have you seen the pandemic affect the businesses you're working with in terms of the supply chain, of course, which is now further been affected by the situation in Ukraine? Have you seen a bit of a resurgence in Buy American through need as much as patriotism? So a couple of comments. First of all, manufacturing was deemed essential during the COVID, you know, the peak COVID times which meant that Connecticut manufacturers could, could stay in business. And that was a huge benefit to our manufacturers because that way they, they sort of had the ability to, to stay in business and work their way through 
you know, with obviously the right procedures and protocols in place, but it allowed the people to maintain a, a high level of employment and to keep their business running versus a lot of other industries that like the restaurants, for example, that we all hear the stories about that, you know, laid off all their people and, and couldn't have any customers. So manufacturing in Connecticut weathered the storm pretty well. The other component of this is we talk about reshoring and making products in America. And that trend has been happening for about the last 10 years with difficulty in supply chains and some of the foreign part manufacturing that was at one time, you know, very inexpensive. The prices started to creep up and quality was questioned over time. And so people even pre-pandemic were sort of thinking, how do I build my parts or, or outsource my work to American or U.S. companies as the trend was, was already in place? And I think that trend greatly accelerated when the pandemic hit as well, because it was difficult to get goods and services from far away. And, you know, our supply chains are so optimized that one blip in the system and it becomes a very difficult thing. Many people have heard of the chip shortages of, from, from the automotive industry and for data processing industries. And so I think people are very much looking at their processes and saying, what can I do locally versus having to have a, you know, a global supply chain? The other thing that's obviously happening with Ukraine is, is a challenge for a number of reasons, but we are an aerospace and defense uh, ecosystem. So when global conflicts happen or regional conflicts happen, like what's happening in Ukraine, it causes a preparedness uh, thing to happen here in Connecticut, where our suppliers are all put on notice to, to make sure that priority is for defense uh, spending. I think a number of challenges also create opportunities and, and those opportunities specifically translate to Connecticut manufacturing. It's an interesting way of looking at it. I hadn't thought of it that way around. Okay, on a personal level then, what do you like to do to unwind and relax? What do you do when you're not championing manufacturing in Connecticut? I live on the Connecticut shore and uh, recently built a smaller home. I have three children and they've all uh, graduated from college. I made my last college tuition payment, which is a wonderful Woo! experience, yes. <laughs> and my wife and I built a smaller home on the shore and I've enjoyed uh, sort of getting outside and connecting and, and spending time on the water. So working hard all day and then getting, now that the time is changing and the water warms up a little bit, spending a little time on the kayak and out fishing is something I'm very passionate about. I couldn't agree with you more. The daylight saving has been a wonderful welcome thing in my household this week. Last couple of questions for you, if I may, Ted. When you look back over your entire career, was it everything that you were hoping for? Did, did manufacturing deliver for you, if you like, in terms of achievements or contributions or just simply in your own life, in your family? I look back at my career and, you know, there's some highlights that uh, I enjoy. And again, I like making things and I like, uh, you know, creating opportunities or creating solutions. I've probably integrated more than 300 robot systems in my career, and all of those projects were enjoyable to be a part of and enjoyable to watch them materialize. I started a, a small food company, and uh, there's a product that we invented that's in every major grocery store in America, and it's rewarding to 
walk into the local grocery store and see a product that we created. So that, Come on, that's what is it? You can't just you can't just leave me on like that. Now, what is I'll, it? I'll give a plug for it. It's it's a, a healthy pasta called Dreamfields Pasta that we created uh, many years ago, and uh, we sold the business to the Post Cereal people in uh, about 2007. Oh, and, uh, it's in a black healthy. box. It's a high fiber, good tasting, healthy pasta. Oh, fantastic. I have to dig it out for sure. Love a bit of pasta. I'm looking for you to get your crystal ball out and give me your predictions, Ted. You know, you've been in the industry a very long time. You're now working with many, many businesses, all within manufacturing. What are your predictions, I guess, for the future of manufacturing and doing business in the state of Connecticut? Predictions for the future. So I think manufacturing will continue to evolve as innovation evolves. And, you know, some of the future things that we look at right now are different types of aircraft, for example. I'm doing some research on what we call air taxis, which are low altitude, low, short distance aircraft that take off like, like helicopters out of parking lots. And you'll call up a an air taxi on a on an Uber platform, for example, and it'll pick you up at the local Home Depot parking lot and fly you, you know, from uh, New Haven to Hartford, for example. Wow! And with with more and more congestion on the highways, the airspace, these low altitude airspaces, become very attractive for short distance, uh, you know, four to six passenger aircraft. So I I think we're going to see that materialize. I'm paying very close attention to the electric vehicle market. And as battery technology develops, we're gonna see more and more electric vehicles. And the question is always about charging and, and how far can you go on your electric vehicle? And we're gonna to start to see what we call smart roads, where when you drive on the highway, your car will be charging and uh, the, these grid patterns on the roads will manage the traffic and as we move towards autonomous vehicles, you know, driverless vehicles, it'll become a network of information and solutions for transportation. I think we're going to see more and more high-speed train uh, technology being developed. And also we're going to see more uh, space exploration. I mean, we're talking very specifically about uh, going to Mars and, and colonizing other planets in the future. So. All of those technologies are interesting. They're coming at a rapid pace, believe it or not, and they continue to be enticing for Connecticut. So I think the future is quite bright for Connecticut. I think the future is quite bright for innovation. And um, I think Connecticut will be in a good place in the next 20 to 50 years. I love those predictions for the future. Isn't it funny that a lot of them seem to all focus around the joy that is the I-95? <laughs> Everybody has got stuck at one time or another, and uh, certainly being able to catch a flight from Home Depot would be amazing. Listen, it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure speaking to you today, Ted. If people want to carry on the conversation and maybe find out more about Advanced CT or maybe look for your help and guidance, how do they reach out to you? Is there a website, social media or LinkedIn? Yeah, so we have a website, advancedct.org. People can reach out to me directly at T Fisher, that's T-F-I-S-H-E-R at advancedct.org. And I can also be reached on LinkedIn. I'm an active LinkedIn participant. So please reach out to us with any questions. We're a concierge service for the state of Connecticut. 
And if we don't have the answers, we can certainly point people in the right direction for, for finding some of those answers. So happy to help any way we can. Awesome. Thank you so much for your passion for manufacturing, Ted, and for being a part of Meet the Manufacturers on behalf of Manufacture CT. It's been a pleasure. Let's get together in a, a couple of years, Ted, and let's see if we've got those flying vehicles or those smart roads. I'd be happy for just a road without potholes at this point, but a smart road <laughs> excites me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Look forward to that. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT, or you would like to join the organisation, visit the website manufacturect.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick, Advisory, Assurance, Tax. Visit their website coneresnick.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and want to find out more about the vibrant and thriving manufacturing community in Connecticut, subscribe to and share this podcast today. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify.